Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. We had some grind to our game, uh, and we didn't have that consistently. We had it right out of the gate. We, we, we didn't have enough grind, and both special teams tonight. So you can say what you, the obvious about the power play, but you know, we don't give up three penalty kill goals. It's a, it's a tight game all the way through. Three goals on the penalty kill, um, which has been which has been somewhat good, um, but it was the grind. It was it was not willing to grind enough through the course of that game, uh, and then you're going to have you're going to be challenged in any area uh, at that point, and that's what that's the case. And the case was closed on them by the Boston Bruins last night, uh, rather early, based on the special teams' results. And unfortunately, Marty, this is uh, the Sabers' kind of oh boy, um, greatest hurdle that they've yet to overcome from the calendar year 2023, and that is consistency on both sides of the special teams equation. Yeah, I, obviously, you look at yesterday's game. You know, you're down one nothing, but you're being gifted a four minute power play, right? Like I mean, truly Martian, a gift. Truly yeah, because it wasn't a, a penalty to start with, and it wasn't, and then he gets a non-sportsman like conduct. So you get you which get a he deserved, but that's a gift, right? Yeah, because you called the penalty that was not a penalty on Marchand. So, and I get it. Look, there, there's calls that go both ways, right? Mm-hmm. But we don't sit here this morning talking about this game in the way that it went if that four-minute power play is different. And I get it. I, you know what? I, I I got to the game, did the banging on the drum, you know, kind of walked around. How, how was that? The- is, was that at least a positive for you? Okay, so do you want to go? Let's let's take a, a, a five-minute little break here from Bang the actual game. And let me tell you what the drum banging experience was like. Number one, um, I mentioned my kids were all going to the game, so I didn't have any of my you know, jerseys that I could wear. They all wore my jerseys or Sabres jerseys that I have. So quickly ran to the uh, Sabres store and I'm like, it's Devin Levi's birthday. He's starting tonight. Can I borrow a black and red Devin Levi shirt, just jersey to put on so I can bang the drum with the jersey? And uh, they're like, oh yeah, absolutely, right? The guys in the Sabres store are awesome. So then I make my way up to the 300 level, watch the end of warm up. 
you know, fans took some pictures with a bunch of fans. It was great. The energy was awesome. I'm telling them, be loud tonight. Let's go. A lot of Bruins fans here, but let's go. Let's, let's be dominating this building, right? I'm, I'm trying to get myself and everybody hyped up. And then I'm thinking, okay, what do I do to make it like fun with the drum? So I start tossing the, the baton, you want to call it whatever, like in the air. And I'm doing like the, the twirl and I'm like, oh, maybe I can do that. Maybe I can toss it and catch it and then hit it every time. Right. <laughs> so then I'm working the double turn, like not just the one single loop, but the double loop. And I'm like, okay, I can do it now, but under pressure, will I perform? And if I drop the thing, I'm going to like fall flat on my face. So I decided not to do the, the twirling. I decided to just bang it. Right. And I'm like, do I hit it really hard? There's a microphone there. I probably don't need to hit it really hard, but it's got to be with convection. Can't be too soft either. So I, all of these things are going through my mind and, uh, you know, so yes, yeah, so it was, it was fun. I enjoyed doing the banging of the drum. Um, the fans got into it, right. I, about the second, let's go Buffalo. And then the third one, people are like, oh yeah, this is what we're doing. Let's go. Did you stop at three? They tell you to just do three times. Yeah, I feel like that needs to change. I feel like four or five would be better to enhance the, uh, you know, the build. So what you're saying right now is that we have scored three goals or less uh, on average this year as a team because we don't do more than three. Let's go Buffalo. If we did four or five, we would be scoring four or five goals a game, which would be the key. What I'm what I'm about to say is that you made me laugh because convection is a feature on the oven. Conviction is what you want to play with. So oh yeah, you were, you were try, trying to get that aspect of the game right. I and was honestly, trying to get convection and conviction together. You need to turn the heat up and uh, cook, and uh, you got to be able to play with conviction. You meld words better than anyone else. And at a time like this, we're actually struggling for words for as much uh, fun and, you know, um, fanfare as, as you found yourself a part of last night. Um, it, that vibe didn't last long. And it goes it back to what you, long, it, no. it goes back to what you wanted to dive deeper into. And that is falling behind, which has been the most common occurrence for Buffalo home or away, as they have the worst goal differential in first periods, the most goals allowed in first periods this year. And how did they get to an 0-2 hole that quickly, in your opinion? Well, in my opinion, that we started talking about the four-minute power play, and that's where it all comes down to, because you are gifted a power play, a four-minute power play, and I'm sitting on the press box, and I'm looking, and I I remember thinking, because I... By the time the, the game was already one nothing, I saw the one nothing goal as I was in the elevator going up to the press box. And then, you know, I, I'm kind of getting myself organized, got my popcorn, got my, my pop, I'm ready. And the power play happens. And I'm like, oh, wait, we're staged, right? I didn't keep up with, with, with Twitter or any news or any updates that I got. So I'm like, oh, there's no stage. So I do a quick look at the bench and at the game notes and I'm seeing he's not on the game notes. And then I saw that he was out for personal reasons. So I'm like, okay, so how does that affect the power play? No Tate Thompson. My mind started to think that right away. Like, okay, we talked about the power play, you and I, and how I only want Darlene and Thompson to shoot now in the power play. Like get those guys, simplify it. Those two are going to shoot pucks. You're going to get chances and then you're going to create things on rebounds and chaos around the net. Now there's no Tage Thompson. 
Does that change the look of the power play? Obviously it does. But then where I was at at that moment is if I'm the coach and I walk into the room and I says, hey, anybody want to take Tage's place on the power play? I would hope that I've got like 15 guys that are putting their hands up in the air. Says, me, me, I want power play time. Get me out there. Get, I'm going to make it happen. I've been sitting on the bench this whole year and I'm seeing how bad our power play is. I want to get on the power play. And you have a four minute power play. And the first 40 seconds, the puck movement was actually decent. It just, every shot missed a net by about 10 feet. And then after that, it just became very predictable, very slow, very deliberate, deliberate uh, uh, in their, in their playmaking and what they were doing. Their zone entries, right? Boston is giving you the three on two zone entries. Basically, they've yep. got not one, but two players. Their two forwards are waiting for the drop back pass. So you have a three on two coming in and can't do anything with a three on two coming in. Like entries were, were not good. And, and so at that moment, I, I saw basically what everybody felt at the end of the game that this, this is a, a, um, a speed and a pace and a level that is not going to work. It's not going to work. And then Marchand, after the four minute power play, gets out. He gets a two on one. I'm thinking that's that's what that's what happens to teams when you don't take care of the chances you're given. The door swings back the other way, and it's like it was all Boston after that in the first period. Yeah, and obviously for those that weren't following along um, last night or did not get the update today, Tage Thompson is non-roster at the moment for personal reasons, so that has allowed the club to delay any further transaction to get down to the 23-man roster because technically they're on it right now yeah. with Tage off the roster uh, for personal reasons and Zemgis Giergensen still on injured reserve. Now, Don Granado did say after the game last night, though, that he expected that it was only going to be the one game. So right. we, but that expect- was before the club announced what they announced today. So yes. the fact of the matter is, Gergensen's is out practicing right now with Skinner and Tuck. Yes. So is he simply a placeholder for the expected return of Tage? And if that's the case, is Giergensen's not coming off IR this weekend, which certainly seemed likely. Now, maybe he will. Maybe he just won't be there for the home game on Saturday. Of course, they turn it around real quick and play in Ottawa on New Year's Eve. But Quinn Cousins-Paterka stayed together at practice today. So, too, did the middle stat line. And so, too, did the krebs olofsson Oposo line. So Robinson remains on the outside looking in. And Jost, who jumped in for Thompson last night, is on the outside looking in. So, yeah, it's, I, it, yeah. No, please, go ahead. No. I was going to say, like, I think Zemgus is just there as a placeholder for Tage Thompson right now. And I would think that when Zemgus is healthy and off IR, he comes back into the lineup. Now, mm-hmm. I, you know, we had our show, Sabres Live, this show yesterday afternoon from the arena. I was, you know, standing on the bench, you know, in the morning skate and Tage is all smiles and everything is happening. And some guys are doing extra after practice, right? It was Jost and Robinson that were the extra and they're doing a little bit of extra and whatnot. Um, So this obviously was not, they didn't expect Tage to not be in the lineup. So that happened later in the day. They had to make adjustments. Now, if I look at playing the Boston Bruins and not having Tage Thompson, 
I got to reconfigure my lines. I got to think like, okay, do I want Tyson Jones playing with Skinner and Tuck or do I want to change things around? And who is a guy that has been given you now, not playing right now, who's a guy that has been given you like some energy, some drive, some, you know, penalty kill time, like, mm-hmm. because now it's easy to say this morning when you look at last night and giving up three power play goals to Boston, but yeah. who's a guy that I thought would have been drawn in was Eric Robinson. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? Put Robinson in. Okay. So then you maybe, maybe you put Robinson with Greenway and Benson and you put middle stat with Skinner and talk. It's a lot easier hindsight 2020. I get it. Sure. But yeah. that's how I looked at it. I'm thinking, okay, like this is a little weird that I'm going to go play Boston with Tyson Jose as my top line center with Skinner and Tuck. I need Skinner and Tuck to perform. I need them to, to bring offense. We, I thought yesterday was going to be a 3-2 game, but I still need to score three goals if I want to win the game, right? Mm-hmm. It, it ended up being a 4-1 game, and you, you, you didn't get any offense on the power play or at five-on-five, five really. Right, and, you know, you said something really um, interesting and impactful yesterday when, I believe it was yesterday. It had to have been yesterday. Yesterday was our was yesterday our first show of the week? No. No, we had a anyway, show on Zoom Tuesday. At some point this week, you said something very interesting and impactful. And that was, you know, there's been a lot of talk about who's been missing from the roster. But you have your roster now. So, like, make that the narrative of the season, right? Yes. Like, moving forward. And it, basically, it's a kind of a, you know, like, an, there are no other reasons anymore. Like, this is about you. Go out and do it. Now, I, like, you could flip a coin many times to debate who's the most important player for the Sabres. Darlene Thompson, Darlene Thompson. Maybe there's a third in there at any given time. Mm-hmm. So I'm not underselling the impact of Tage, especially when he is taken out of the lineup. But every single team goes through this. It's a yeah. one-off, and it doesn't change the fact that Tage has been in the lineup for 95% of the power play not being good for the last calendar year. Yeah. So what I am still struggling with um, is the fact that, and we, and we looked at this very on, very early on this season. Why is the power play not connecting? Well. The whole idea, obviously, when you have an extra man, is to exploit the opening that you have to give somebody a high-danger chance because that player is uncovered. Well, they remain 32nd in the NHL in high-danger chances on the power play. They have 47 of them, Marty. Most of the league has more than 70 They have four high-danger goals this year on the power play. That's 31st. And then a crazier one than that is their expected goals for on the power play, which wouldn't you expect if you're on the power play that you should probably be above 90%, like your chances of scoring versus the other team's chances of scoring? They're at 83%. Yeah, no. Because they've given up six shorthanded goals to compound the power play woes. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like this... So it's not all I'm saying is it's not Tage Thompson here. And I well, love your Alex idea. Tuck say last night. He says we cannot get out chance on Alex our power Tuck. play. You hate yeah. to hear it, but it was super real. 
Yeah. And, and really what, you know, and I, I, I get what Don Granado is trying to say after the game yesterday. It's about the grind. This is the first game back after three days off. Everybody at 24, 25, 26 off. Okay. Yeah. Will there be some, I, I would think, okay. And I go back with my experience. Mm-hmm. There's been games on the 26th or 27th that I have felt like crap. It's like, oh man, I, I'm feeling a little weird here, but the overwhelming feeling in these games is I'm so excited to be back. Like, Hey, it was right. great. Did you have a good Christmas? Awesome. Like, let's go. Let's go. The energy is there. You're at home. Boston flew out, you know, a eight, like 8 a.m. flight out of Boston or 8 30 flight out of Boston. It means you got to get up at 6 30. You got to get to the airport. You got to go. And then you got to fly in. You get to the rank. It's all weird. Like going on the road. The first game after Christmas is all weird. You're home. You have that luxury. You have the energy. You know that maybe eh, execution is not going to be perfect. What do you do? You overcome with effort, compete, grind. And, and as soon as it was a, eh, a pushback on that penalty kill, basically by Boston, in the four minutes, mm-hmm. the grind stopped. The grind really, really stopped. It's not a skilled game. The NHL, you watch around the league, there is players that get away with playing a skilled game, mm-hmm. right? Like Connor Bedard last night, he goes to OT, gets a goal. It's a skilled moment for him, and he gets the game-winning goal. But watch him throughout the whole game. It's a grind. The whole game is a grind so that at one moment, you can hope that your skill would open it up. Did we see David Pasternak yesterday for Boston? Not really. Yeah, had a breakaway attempt. What It didn't look like his best effort, but the game was well in hand. Yeah, and and yeah, that was uh, just take a shot, right? Levi came way no, out. No, he tried a half-hearted deke. Half-hearted you know. deke, yeah. Levi yeah. came way out. It was a long-range like breakaway. He had plenty mm-hmm. of time, but you're right. But in the end of the game yesterday, Boston, the guys that you saw mm-hmm. were the, the guys that grinded, the guys that played with energy and and pushed to hope that you know what maybe our our compete level is going to make a difference. From a team that had lost four in a row. So you would expect that, right? Yeah, absolutely. If you keep losing, they've had a lot of interchangeable parts here. They've had a lot of injuries on their blue line. We talked about their lack of production. Well, they immediately got production from their young blue line and and it it turned the game, right? So, um, and, you know, word word of warning. (laughs) You were trying to spin a positive yesterday when you tried to small capsule this Bruins recent special teams yeah, I wasn't buying it. I'm like, if you're up against a team that is this highly ranked in the top 10 in both categories, power play and special teams, you better be better than what you typically are. And that so, was not the case for the Sabres. And they got they they lost dramatically in one of the worst special teams losses, you know, head to head they've had this year, obviously. Boston went up 10% on their penalty kill in the last five games, right? They were uh, basically, they had given up five goals on 15 opportunities. So they were mm-hmm. 10 for 15 on the penalty kill. They go uh, six for six yesterday. So now they're 16 for 21. They went from 66% in the last five games to 76%. Mm-hmm. Um, and and look, you need those nights. You need those nights if you want to be able to just say, hey, how do you overcome a bad stretch? You have a wonderful streak of of either great penalty kill play or great power plays. Mm-hmm. Um, but even their power play goals yesterday, Charlie Coyle on the first one, right? So he, he left alone in the slot 
Like, good. Okay, Boston, did you do anything special on that power play other than a nice entry going around the net and finding a guy wide open in the slot? No, you didn't do much. The second goal, it goes off Eric Johnson. Did Boston do anything special on the power play to get a power play goal? No, they actually had two guys wide open in front of the net. Don't know how that happened. And they totally butchered the fact that they had a 2 on 0 in front of Devin Levi and they 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 did what basically Casey did in New York. They 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 mishandled the puck. And remember, Casey got the rebound on that mm-hmm. tying goal. Well, yeah. it went off Eric Johnson. It's in. And did they do anything special on the Morgan Geeky power play goal? No. Shot off the back wall, and everybody's cut out of the position for Buffalo, and they go bang it off Levi and in as he's trying to to come back in the net. There was nothing skillful. With the three power play goals, you're not looking at that power play from Boston yesterday and say, oh, they put a power play like display out there. Like it was masterful. No, it was simple. It was about as simple as you get and you get results. That's that's basically what it came down to. Well, uh, I hate to say it this way, but so now what? Now what? Now I mean, my my narrative of if you have your full lineup is still kind of like in the works because you didn't have Tate Thompson and, you know, you're looking at it. But uh, now what? Now what? I think it's between now and Saturday. What I'm lo- waiting to hear or see or is what are going to be the roster movements, really? And and you said it at the start of the show. It's kind of a, okay, let's buy some time here. Put Tage on, you know, a non-roster uh, spot for personal reason and mm-hmm. we're down to 23 which is fine but between now and the weekend there's going to be two spots there's going to be needed to put either two guys on waivers mm-hmm. two guys down in rochester one down to rochester one on waivers there's going to need uh for a major and and freeing up two roster spots is not as easily done because I get it. I get it. You're you're Kevin Adams and the front office and you've got Players that are people, family, you're going to have agents calling. You're going to have a lot of different like kind of hoops to try to sort through. So I get it. In the, it, it takes time. But doing it to one player is always tricky. Having mm-hmm. to do two player, if mm-hmm. if everything comes back with Zemgus being healthy to play and Tage being okay to resume after last night's game on personal, mm-hmm. um, this is going to be that's going to be a tough decision for the front office. But is there a need for more? And I say that recognizing that recently, more so with injury concerns at the time, they brought in Eric Robinson. Um, obviously, we've talked recently about Detroit and signing Pat Kane. Of course, Kane's individual numbers are far superior to the Red Wings' results as yes. they have now fallen into a hard slide. Uh, despite being very competitive in, in most of their games, uh, they just, you know, um, still are prone to some real lapses, which, I mean, they were locked up last night with Minnesota and then boom, boom, boom. The wild oh, just bro, crushed bro. them in the third. Minnesota hasn't lost at home since John Hines took over seven and oh, or seven and oh. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, they're back on a, on a winning streak of four in a row right now. Um, I guess, and, and I'll, I'll, Extended as far west as possible, the site of the Winter Classic. Um, you know, it was only a couple of weeks ago when Seattle made a very, very, very minor transaction, seemingly picking up an underutilized and non-fit in Colorado and Thomas Tatar. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's come in four points in five games. The Kraken now have a seven-game point streak trending in the right direction for the big marquee matchup on New Year's Day. 
Um, like, does more need to be done here to keep tweaking and keep trying to find something to stabilize and or enhance whichever part of the roster you want to call bottom six, mid six, whatever. Um, I guess there's, there's two ways to look at it. One is, are, are you feeling that giving your, your, your group, what you think is your main group moving forward, right? Like your top nine forwards, your top four, or even top five defensemen. And I would think that Ryan Johnson fits in that top five, top six conversation. Look, it's a bad game yesterday, but one guy I noticed that was taking an aggressive approach to pinch on the wall, to jumping up on the rush and things like that was Ryan Johnson. Like I saw that in his game and I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, well, at least it's a guy that's in, I'm going to, I'm going to grind. I'm going to compete. I'm going to put the effort out. I'm going to, so that was there. Is it always going to be perfect with Ryan Johnson? No, but he's young and he's going to learn all these things. But I, mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of bright spots there. Um, but if you think your top nine forward healthy is the group you want to go with, right? And and mm -hmm. I, I'd be, uh, it'd be hard for me to say that that's not a group I'd want to go with, right? Skinner, Thompson, Tuck, Cousins, Paterka, Quinn, Greenway, Middlestad, Benson. I'm like, okay, I can go with that. I can like really feel good with that. But the problem is, as soon as you've got an injury, you don't have. Anybody that steps into that top nine that can make a difference. So is that what you're looking at? Is that what, what is that going to make a difference this year? Probably not. I mean, you look at where you are right now in the standings, uh, you know, you, you, you're minus four NHL 500. You're going to, you're going to need to get to plus 11 plus 12. So you need to be plus 16 in the second half of the season. Mm -hmm. It's going to be extremely hard. So does that make a difference? Does that, does it, in the big picture, make a difference if you go get a Thomas Tatar or somebody like that just to finish the season. I think you're, any transaction you're looking at, you're probably looking at next year. How does that impact next year more than that? How does it impact your season this season? Well, Darren Dreger is coming up uh, quickly here on Sabres Live. We'll uh, obviously touch on anything he's heard in regards to the Sabres, but also league-wide where there are endless stories. And of course, Winterfest has one last date on this calendar in 2023, and we look forward to seeing you at KeyBank Center on December the 30th. It's Winter Wonderland for that final night of... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
Underfest will have tons of activities throughout the course of the night. Airbrush tattoo artist, Marty. I think we might want to sign up for that. Plinko game to win fun prizes. And of course, a photo op with take home photo prints courtesy of Highmark. So it's all ahead, both in arena and here on Sabres Live on WGR Sports Radio 550 and MSG. Back with more of Sabres Live, presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Peak excitement. Hmm, I'm thinking revenge games can cause that. Marty, we have Columbus on the schedule coming up oh. here. Maybe it's going to be a revenge game on December 30th as we welcome in Darren Dreger, our hockey insider from TSN. Didn't the uh, revenge happen against the Toronto Maple Leafs the it next did. game? That was like, uh, yeah. let's pretend they're the Columbus Blue Jackets and let's score nine on them. But that was uh, the last win for the Sabres. Eight drags. Yeah, but... Um, I know the the holiday roster freeze just basically lifted at midnight yeah. last night. Um, there's a lot of teams that yeah. are going to, I ask you every week now, but are going to start looking at goalies and the Sabres are going to have to make a roster or two roster moves before the weekend. Uh, if and when Tage Thompson comes back and Zemgus Gergensen gets activated from IR, um, is there any chance there's a trade in play for a goal with one of their goalies or is it just a uh uh you know a waiver uh sent down to rochester as simple as that with buffalo more likely the latter um you know i i, I checked in with the buffalo sabers not long ago this morning and the messaging was that it's it's all quiet um and you're right i mean when you look around the nhl you see a few teams not just buffalo that have big question marks in goal so you know, I think for the most part, uh, those teams, I'm thinking of New Jersey, I'm thinking of Edmonton. I mean, Buffalo is in that mix. They hope that the answer is there internally, mm-hmm. because if it isn't internal, you know, what's out there that, that may be available that you're certain is going to be an upgrade. And that's mm-hmm. the biggest issue. Yeah. There are teams that are still carrying three goalies, but the problem is you're not, you're not absolutely rock solid certain that what one of those goalies like Caden Primo or Jake Allen possesses is better than what you have. Now, at least in Allen, uh, you've got the experience, you've got the winning pedigree, you've got, you know, a resume that's pretty solid and probably for a stretch, he could, he could carry the load. Is he a true number one at this stage of his career? No, he's, he's not. And then the flip side, I haven't seen the full uh, trade protection of Jake Allen, but I know he has trade protection. Is Edmonton on that no-fly list? Is Buffalo on that no-fly list? I mean, mm-hmm. that complicates things as well. What I know is, I don't know, it's a bit of a, a dismissal. Um, guys are calling, right? But they don't want to spend assets on goaltenders, especially when you look at the young goaltenders that Buffalo has, and there's a belief that these guys eventually are going to be good enough. You did just mention something, Duffer, quickly, I, I, if I may. Um, Always. How, yeah. you know, like Jake Allen has a seven-team no-trade yeah. list and how, well, maybe Buffalo's on that list. Like last yeah. summer, it was, the feeling was, hey, like Eric Johnson says, I pick Buffalo. I want to go to Buffalo. Like teams are like, hey, Buffalo's going to be fun. Buffalo's going to be great. And now yeah, we're back to the, Ugh, I don't know. Like has Buffalo got it figured out? Do we want to go there or whatnot? Like when you talk to agents is, is once you're in that mix of teams that, you know, players don't want to go, is it yeah. hard to get out of that mix of teams that players don't want to go to? 
It is, uh, but I don't have Buffalo on that list. I don't have Edmonton on that list. I mean, start of the year, the Edmonton Oilers were considered a cup or bus team, and they're yeah. clawing their way back into the conversation of being a cup team. But yet, there are, te- there are players, individual players, that don't want to go to Edmonton. They don't want to go to Winnipeg. You know, I, I get it. You know, if you don't want to live there, then maybe the year is, is pretty long as a professional athlete. But do you want to win? Because if mm-hmm. you want to win... You can look at the Buffalo Sabres, and yeah, they're disappointing now. Like Ottawa, more or less, is disappointing. Detroit is a little bit disappointing. But you can see the uptick of the Buffalo Sabres. Mm -hmm. Um, And certainly, the Edmonton Oilers are in it to win it right now. Likewise with Winnipeg. So I'm always curious when I look at those no-trade lists, and you see the seven Canadian teams on there. And sometimes there's financial reason behind that because Mm -hmm. of the tax situation and, and whatnot. So if you're making a business decision as a free agent, I can appreciate that. But here's the other thing that we've learned, you know, from tracking trade speculation, you know, for decades now. Um, just because you have a no trade or a no move doesn't mean that you can't be moved or you're of not course. going to be traded to a team that maybe is on that no trade list. So yeah. there's always opportunity and options for the players. Well, the rules and cliches for that type of uh, list and or protection kind of went uh Went yeah. by the boards when Dodonov rejected Anaheim of all places. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, it was like, who does that? Anyway, yeah. um, I will say this: we've also <laughs> learned not a single thing about goaltending and value and contracts and what you should pay and what you yeah. shouldn't pay, based on the fact that LA is doing it mm-hmm. on the lowest budget possible with Big Save Dave now emerging two and zero. In the absence of uh, Phoenix Copley, who's out due to injury, and they've had a masterful, consistent year from Cam Talbot. Yeah. As the Kings are sitting right now, this would probably be a little known fact for many, second in the NHL in points percentage at 710, Mm -hmm. trailing only the New York Rangers. So they're doing their goaltending on a shoestring budget. The guy they had went to Ottawa, hasn't got in quite the groove yet. Um, And then I was, you know, I was... um, Updating Marty before the show drags, like Seattle is 5-0-2 in their last seven as they trend towards the Winter Classic. With Joey Decord sporting a 4-0-2 mark, 1.64, and Chris Drieger played his first game in the NHL in forever last night and stopped 37 of 38. That's their tandem right now, Decord and Drieger. And and you know what it tells you, though, Duffer? It tells you that when you play the right way – um, yes. you can get away with average or even below average goaltending. You know, I mean, Joey Decor and Drager are pro worthy goaltenders. Are they NHL goaltenders? Well, as we have this conversation today, of course they are because they're a part of the success of the Seattle Kraken. But it's the reason why there's so much frustration in certain markets, right? Um, and I'm thinking of, of the game I watched last night in the Battle of Alberta or Ontario, sorry, between uh, the Ottawa Senators and the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, you know, people want to talk about goaltending in Toronto because Joe Wool is, is out until early February. Uh, they've got Marty Jones, who wasn't flawless last night, obviously. He, mm-hmm. he had a tough one against maybe two. Um, but that team doesn't play the right way in front of their goaltenders. So we're always talking about the goaltenders. And until recently, and it cost a good coach a job in Jay Woodcroft, and I'll add Dave Manson, so two good coaches, uh, the Oilers wouldn't commit to playing the way that you have to play to win in the National Hockey League. And until you do that, 
I mean, unless you've got Andre Vasilevsky or you've got a top-tier, elite-level NHL goaltender, then you're not going to be as good as you can be. Marty, since you took two or three in a row early, I'm going to follow that up and ask our hockey insider from TSM Uh whether there was any truth Uh to the speculation in the past year that Thatcher Demko was actually being shopped. Uh, I would say there was no truth to him being shopped, but you do then get into that game of semantics. You know, was Vancouver willing to listen? And yes, of course, um, but not being shopped. I mean, they knew that, you know, a healthy Thatcher Demko was going to be a primary piece of the success, the turnaround of the Vancouver Canucks. Did they expect that he was going to be as polished and as rock solid as he is now, as you look at at the Vancouver Canucks atop the Western Conference? Mm-hmm. I don't think that they could hope or be that expecting. Um, but because of just the disarray of the organization, and and maybe that's even before the coaching change, before Rick Tockett came in, uh, I think that Patrick Galvin and Jimmy Rutherford were absolutely willing to listen on everything, but they were careful in those conversations, knowing that a healthy Thatcher Demko could be a game changer, and that's the way it's worked out. But he wasn't being shopped. Okay, so to go back to the goalie conversation, and you guys just pointed out uh, two organizations in Ottawa and L.A., that have a different structure, right? LA as Billy Ranford, longtime goalie coach there, yeah, now director yeah. of goaltending. They brought in a, like they have a whole goalie department in LA. What Florida is the same thing. Florida has a whole goalie department. Oh, Who yeah. saved their season last year? Alex yeah. Lyon. Why? Because they targeted Alex Lyon as a guy we need in our goalie department. The Ottawa Senators, they had Joy Decord before mm-hmm. and they don't have a goalie department. They let him go. They had Cam Talbot. Well, they let him go. They had uh, Phil Gustafson. They yeah. let him go. And now they said, oh, we're going to target Jonas Corpusello. You did not see Jonas Corpusello the last five years. I know yeah, he had know. injuries, but is, is this going to be the norm and the key drags where you're going to have to build these goalie departments because yeah. That position is too important. And everybody says, and we have Shayna Goldman on Friday every week, and she says, nobody understands goalies other than goalies. Nobody gets goalies. Other. You need to have that department to be able to know and to plan ahead. If you're not looking five years down the road, you're screwed right now. No, that's 100% right. And, you know, especially if you're a cap team, right? I mean, you mm-hmm. you can't invest unless, again, you've, you've got that bona fide superstar, and there are so few of them around the NHL. <clears throat> Um, you almost have to do it by committee. You know, again, it's why the Leafs put that quirky little $100,000 kind of spook clause on Marty Jones to get him to clear waivers. I mean, come on, as if $100,000 is going to spook any team in the National Hockey League, but evidently it worked. I mean, a proven experienced goaltender who, if the Toronto Maple Leafs didn't have him right now, they'd be in trouble. So I think that that's drifting more to the norm, if not the norm. But you better damn well have at least two decent goaltenders, and your third one better be able to jump into the National Hockey League. Otherwise, you're going to blow assets. Um, and the truth is, we've already established right now, you know, you tell me who's available out there that is automatically going to give you an upgrade. And and that guy isn't there, really. He isn't right. there. You know, and well, if he is, well, he's going to cost you too much to to try and acquire. It, it depends on the teams. If you need an upgrade in New Jersey, I think you can find it. I can, I can Where? find like Ooh. goalies that. Oh, your boy, I John can, Gibson? 
No, no. Mackenzie no. Blackwood is an upgrade on oh my Vitek gosh. Vanacek. Have you watched him lately? No, no, no. I, I still think Mackenzie Blackwood is an upgrade. For a okay, he, he's an upgrade, Marty. But I'm telling you, I had this conversation with Mike Greer before the holiday freeze, so maybe two weeks ago. Yeah. He's not trying to trade Mackenzie Blackwood. He's not. Now, if somebody calls him and says, uh, yeah, you know yeah, what? I'll I, give you a first-round pick if you're willing to consider it and something else, then, yeah, you'll get their attention. It's... It's just, I don't think that there are enough teams. Maybe New Jersey is the one team that's approaching that level of desperation where Fitzy is going to have to do something because ownership has invested a ton of money in, in the New Jersey Devils. And they can't just see it blow up because Dougie Hamilton's hurt and because yeah. their goaltending is subpar. It's yeah. never going to be Mackenzie Blackwood because he was there already. So, Marty, no, pick, yeah, no, you're right. Guy. You're okay, right. Pick another guy who, who maybe because I really yeah. want to know. And because, I think Jake Allen is an upgrade, and you can make be. that happen. And he could you, you have him for next year as well. And the New Jersey Devils right now, the you know they just recalled Nico Dawes, right? And I think what the the thing with the Devils is they want their young maybe guy for the future, Akira Schmidt, to not get completely burned out this year and can yeah. blown out like he is right now. Maybe yeah. he's got to go down to Utica and you bring Allen and you have Allen and Vitek Vanacek. Maybe there's not uh, another goalie yeah. going the Montreal way. Maybe that's the way it works. That's an upgrade Maybe. in my opinion. But look, there's there's also, you know, what, what what's Doug Armstrong and the St. Louis Blues? What are they going to do? I mean, they're still very much in yeah. it, right? So, but there's 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 got to be a directional shift at some point with the St. Louis Blues, and it doesn't come in the way of a coaching change. You know, um, that's knee jerk because you're you're just trying to keep the the spark alive at yeah. this point of the regular season. I know that that Edmonton and St. Louis had significant goalie conversations about Bennington. Now it would have meant that Jack Campbell goes from the Oilers organization to the St. Louis Blues, and that would have required a lofty draft pick <laughs> uh, to make St. Louis consider that. But it was funny because look, Bennington's a proven winner, but is he going to be better than what you already have? Experience doesn't always translate into better, in my opinion. No, and we're also living in a world because of this ongoing discussion today, the uncertainty of consistency from the position and yeah. how much you should pay for expected consistency. There aren't a ton of huge money-making goalies. Right. But the one that was under the most scrutiny for the longest time. How are they ever going to get out from under this contract? Bobrovsky takes yeah. them to the final. And if you yeah. watch Bob last <laughs> night and his win over Tampa, you wouldn't want any other goaltender in nah. the NHL. Oh my gosh. So like this, this really does come full circle on like, what would you pay? What do you expect? And what's your tolerance level for bad games versus good? Yeah. And like, you know, I'm going to give, Paul Maurice, some credit in Florida because he's like a goalie whisperer and he's had some very good goaltenders. He has, I mean, Connor Hellebuck's a Vesna winner. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, when I say that, I, I think he just gets out of the way. You know, he literally has a short conversation with his goaltender beginning of the year and just says, man, I trust you. I love you. I think you're, you're terrific. You, you tell me what you need. And if that's nothing, I'll stay out of your way. I'll stay out of your ear. Just stop the puck. And I mean, there has to be something to it because you're right. I mean, without Brabovsky, the Florida Panthers don't come anywhere near that Stanley Cup final. And if, the, if that rejuvenated him, I, I get it, but he is such a big part of the reason why 
the Florida Panthers one more time are sneaky good, sneaky good. And Billy Zito, okay. he's gonna he's gonna improve that roster between now and the March trade deadline. He will, no doubt. Okay, just uh, to have a little bit of fun quickly, I know we got to go to break, but Paul yeah. Maurice, when he was coaching the Hartford Whalers, he yeah. had Sean Burke as his goalie, not a bad goalie, and not a yeah, bad goalie yeah. coach now with Vegas and the Department of Goalie that they have over there. And he also had Sean Burke in Carolina, went to the finals. In 0102 with the great Latvian Arturs Irbay. So <laughs> Archie. like you know, Archie. But but Arthur Irbay was a fantastic and goalie. Weeksy. Weeksy played a big Weeksy role. Weeksy was there yes, as did. well. Yes, yes, uh, you know, but yeah, so you look at you know some <laughs> of the goalies that he's had. You talk about some really good goalies. Uh, yeah. he's 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 been lucky in that department, that's for sure. No question about it. And look, I, I know we do have to go to break, but since we've had the goalie theme and we've kind of stomped on Corpus Allo a little bit with the Ottawa Senators, I think that goaltending is going to improve, whether it's Corpus Allo or, or somebody else under Jacques Martin, Danny Alfredson, again, just because and you can sort of see the way they're playing now. Mm-hmm. As long as those players commit, that's going to take a lot of stress off their goaltending. Sabres will see that uh, tending tandem on New Year's Eve when they roll into yeah. Canada's capital. Darren, have a happy 2024. We will see you soon. All right, guys. Happy New Year. Back after this on Sabres Live. Nothing else comes close. No, nothing else comes close, but we are getting closer to the next game action, and I suspect we're not going to get a repeat performance from Marty banging the drums. You only get invited back after wins. Am I am I wrong on that? Depends how the coaches see it. If you only start the next game, if you win the game, yeah. uh, then I'm never going to start again. But if did, you, it's on your performance and uh, you did your job, I did my job. I got did, things going. Did you feel like you should have gone a little bit more Mike Tolbert in, in instead of more like Marty Baron? I don't think I could have broken that drum. Listen, Mike Tolbert had the big, big, basically, uh, you know, I don't sledgehammer, sledgehammer type and he went right through the middle but that drum was already damaged this beautiful sabers drum is just dinged a little bit because mad vince decided to take it a little extreme <laughs> bandit land baby vino and company back in action tomorrow against georgia at key bank center can't wait for that so that'll be fantastic yeah. uh the league is off to an amazing start um and it's a new format this year with uh, the top eight in the league qualifying for the playoffs it's a okay. unified standings marty so uh yeah you know you you feel the heat real early when you see teams get off to unbeaten starts and uh you know and then you're stuck in this large group down below but uh bandits are in good shape they're one and one and i'm looking forward to tomorrow um a canadian group <clears throat> has banned hockey handshake lines in minor leagues is this a good idea or bad a bad idea it's a bad idea and i'll tell you what we have 30 seconds and i'll take the whole 30 seconds in newfoundland they decided no more post-game handshake basically the visiting team is going to skate in front of the home bench and just do the uh, high five type thing how about this you're a parent and if your kid acts up after a game in a handshake you grab him by the collar you throw him in the trunk of the car and you drive him home you say you're not playing hockey again like like respect it's a game you shake the hand and you move on Locked in the trunk of a car. No, I would never do that. And owed to Dreger's hip t-shirt. And we'll see you tomorrow at noon, (laughs) 1230 in Newfoundland.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.